0: Our scripture reading this morning is from Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them, In their fright, the woman bowed down with her faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was with you in Galilee, The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Thank you, you, Brass Quintet. What a wonderful rendition to remind us of the hope of Jesus Christ that we celebrate today. You know, springtime is my favorite time of the year. I like all the seasons, I'm a four seasons kind of guy, but I really like springtime. Because during spring, flowers almost magically pop up of what appears to be dead soil. In my backyard, it borders on miles and miles of forest that end up in Sycamore Land Trust. And every morning I wake up and wonder, What new tree is now budding? What new flower is coming up? I come home in the evening, and when we sit and eat dinner, we think the same thing. We marvel at spring. It's not just spring that I marvel at. I marvel at it because spring, well, it's like us. In spite of the deepness and the darkness of winter, There is something within all of us that springs up called hope. Hope that seems to not be able to be oppressed or depressed or suppressed. It rises up. I'm not certain if the disciples actually had much hope on Easter Sunday morning. The account doesn't give you a description of disciples who were expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. It didn't appear that they had a lot of hope. But deep down inside, they wished that everything was different. That everything would change. And then, of course, the announcement that changed everything. He's risen. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Good Friday was dark. The message was clear. The Messiah is dead. Easter Sunday morning was a different message. Those intervening hours between Good Friday and Easter Sunday morning reminded me of a story that I heard from history. Maybe some of you are historical enough to know exactly what happened on July 6th, uh, I'm sorry, June 16th, 1815. Anybody know? The Battle of Waterloo. Napoleon was on a rampage. Napoleon appeared to be ready to conquer all of Europe. And on that day, troops from England and troops from Napoleon's side ended up in battle. The people on the English Channel side in England waited with hope for a message concerning the conflict. As a matter of fact, they had arranged things just right. It was before texting and email and signals that could come across the radio. It was back when signals actually were flashed from a ship. And on a very, very foggy day, the ships began to return from Waterloo. And there was a man stationed at a particular point in a tower, Belfry, watching for the signal. And as a signal came in, there was an elaborate network of distributing the news to the entire nation of Israel. As he watched carefully, emerging from the fog just barely, the signal came through. And the signal was, Wellington defeated. The news spread like wildfire all over across the island of England. Wellington defeated. But then, a short time later, as the fog began to lift, the watchman saw another message. The first was incomplete. The message now was Wellington defeated the enemy. And when he sent that signal down to the ground, it again spread like wildfire. And everything changed. The church bells rang. People were rejoicing. The nation was saved. That must have been what Easter was like. When it really dawned on them that Christ was risen from the dead. They'd seen him die. They saw the excruciating pain. And now he's risen. He's alive. I don't know what kind of hope they had but you know what? I know what kind of hope we have. I know the hope of the human heart and I want to focus on three points of that hope. Every human being hopes for restoration. Every human being sees around them the travails of life you long to see things put right to be put into place and frequently you look for those longings to be satisfied in any number of ways maybe a legal case where some sort of injustice has been promulgated on someone else and you try for justice and and then you know it comes up short it's not complete Or you laud and hope for a politician that's going to make everything right. And in spite of their best efforts, they are flawed and our system is flawed and it fails. You look at a situation like disease, whether a pandemic or cancer, And you hope for a complete cure. And our medical community is unbelievably effective in bringing us cures for things. But in the end, we die. What are we really hoping for? Not a temporary cure. A complete cure. In an amazing book named... Brothers Kermasov there are two brothers who are in a conversation or you might say a debate one of the brothers is an atheist the other is a believer and as the writer of that incredible book pins these words I think of a lot of people in this present life it's Ivan He's speaking as the atheist. He says, I believe, like a child, that suffering will be healed and made up for, that all the humiliating absurdity of human contradictions will vanish like a pitiful mirage. That in the world's finale, at the moment of eternal harmony, something so precious will come to pass that it will suffice for all the hearts. For comforting of all resentments, for the atoning of all the crimes of humanity, for all the blood that has been shed. That it will make it possible not only to forgive but to actually justify what has happened. That's the atheist, Ivan. So why does the atheist still have hope, yet refuse to believe? Because he's angry with God. Because he's angry that God's timetable is not His timetable. He's angry that everything has not been restored now. He doesn't want to trust that God will bring it to a conclusion and to a wonderful end. The deepest source of our unbelief, my friends, is not the intellect, it's the will. Ivan doesn't want to surrender to the hope that can only be found in God alone. We have a hope for restoration, everyone in humanity. We also have a hope for forgiveness. You know what I mean. As a matter of fact, at the center of the cross and the resurrection is a message of forgiveness. And we long for forgiveness. Forgiveness. At the center of our lives is a deep longing for forgiveness in so many other areas as well. Forgiveness so that relationships can be restored and healed. Forgiveness that we wish would come from another. Forgiveness that we wish we could extend to another. We long deeply for forgiveness. And most of all, we long for forgiveness that will give us complete forgiveness and peace with God it's a longing my friends that will never go away and the satisfaction for that longing is an offer for everyone who would hear the call of Jesus forgiveness is for you There's a third deep human longing that seems never to go away, cannot be suppressed. It comes up as flowers come up in spring, and it's our hope of righteousness. Seriously, think about it. How many of you do you believe were born, and you wanted more than anything else to be mean and nasty and violent? None of you did. No, you didn't. You wanted to be good. You wanted to be kind to others. You wanted to restore faith. You wanted to be righteous. It's a deep longing that we all have. No matter no matter how hard we try to achieve righteousness, it's elusive. We're unsuccessful. But still, the longing is there. And sometimes that righteousness, our eagerness to be righteous, morphs into perfectionism, and perfectionism comes back to bite us. But it's a deep longing that will not go away. Even our best efforts fall short. But the message of the cross is this it is my favorite verse in all the Bible. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. You think a resurrection is impossible in the human body? That's impossible. Except for an act of God. And it happens every day around the world that Jesus Christ transfers his righteousness to sinners. That's a hope that springs eternal. And it's a hope that is satisfied because of the resurrection. Yes, the resurrection satisfies the deepest longings of the human heart. Because Christ was raised, everything, my friends, everything is eventually going to be restored. Because Christ was raised, forgiveness is possible, receiving and extending. Because Christ was raised, you can have the righteousness of God. I hope you found your deepest longings satisfied in the promise that comes with the resurrection. It may be that right now today, even though it's Easter, it seems like the hope has been battered and pushed down and suppressed, but it's still there. Don't let it die. I pray that you will find that hope again in the midst of whatever crisis you're going through, in the midst of whatever doubt may be clouding your mind, that you will allow that hope to revive, and you'll see it satisfied in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You may be here today and you've heard the story. You've been to church. You know friends who share the story. But the story is not yet yours. Do you know how profound and simple it is? It's as simple as this. Lord, I believe... You say, my faith is too weak. Oh, don't worry about it. Remember the story of the disciple who said, yes, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. If you've got a kernel, a kernel of faith, all you need to do is pronounce it and ask for the grace to follow. And you will receive the deepest longing of the human heart satisfied in Jesus Christ. If that's you today, I can't think of a better day than today to surrender to hope. The hope that comes through Christ. Will you pray with me? Our 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 gracious Lord, we celebrate the greatest day in human history. We celebrate it not just because it's an event, that it happened. You rose again, and that's true. We celebrate it because it's real today. We celebrate it because it can become a reality in our lives. We celebrate it because our life has been restored and resurrected with you. We celebrate it because the hope of resurrection is in the cross and in the empty tomb. And the hope for forgiveness comes from Jesus Christ. And the hope of righteousness is something we inherit by faith. So today, Lord, I I pray that all of us would renew our hope. We wouldn't suppress it, but we'd surrender to it. And I pray especially for one or more who maybe have never surrendered to the hope of Jesus Christ, that today they will say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And you, Lord, will do as you promised. You will give them eternal life. For that we give you thanks. In the name of Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.